and welcome to a special episode of Alexis Says. I am your host, Alexis Miguez, and joining me this week is Carlos Briseño. What's up, buddy? What's up? And once again, Ruben Romero. Hey, I, I, I still really enjoy the, the Hispanic introduction. You will get that every single time from me, okay? I'm just letting you know. When you're on the show, expect a little Latin flavor. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's right. You know, and afterwards, like I'll do some, you know, arroz con salchicha, and, you know, like some, throw some gandules in there, some plátano maduro, the whole thing, man. I'm getting my car coming down now. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so for this week's episode, it's a very special episode. It's kind of, kind of like a, a series of episodes. So we're going to actually talk about the Star Wars saga. So we're going to basically, uh, we're going to basically do our episode is going to be on a specific trilogy. So this one's going to be on the prequel trilogy, which uh, some of us, you know, think back on it fondly. Some of us think back on it and think, why? Why did it happen in the first place? You should, you wasted everybody's time. You know, why the fuck did Jar Jar ever exist? <laughs> but, you know, everybody has their own opinion of it. I'm sure we all have our own opinions of it. You know, we're obviously going to probably agree on some things, disagree on some things. But that's what we're going to basically have the show be about. We're just going to discuss, you know, our experiences with it, our memories of it, what we feel towards each movie, and just have a little bit of fun. So, you know, let, let's just get, you know, down to it. So the prequel trilogy, right, uh, they began when 99, right, with The Phantom Menace. We got The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. All of them were done by George Lucas. Um, the, this came out, I want to say, what was it, 25 years between uh, Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace, more or less? More or less, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, it came out in 99 with the first one. And basically, everybody was like, oh, my God, you know, Star Wars is back. Holy shit. Um, because the series, you know, suffered a, a little bit of a lull after Return of the Jedi, right? You know, people didn't really, you know, have much interest in it. But then in the mid, uh, early 90s, it started kind of coming back. Right with like re-releases, and then um, there was a the Dark Horse comic book line came out that brought some popularity back. Also, the expanded universe um, brought in the books, the novels, and things like that. So people started getting a new interest in Star Wars again. So Lucas basically felt that he wanted to bring it back because he didn't want to make any more after Return of the Jedi. He was basically done with it. You guys, want to throw in something there? No, keep going. <laughs> nah, so <laughs> really just. Interesting what you were saying. I was oh, like, okay. yeah. All right. All right. Good. Good. So, yeah. So, basically, as, as time went on, he just became interested in doing the, the series again. And then he started basically writing, you know, the, the treatment for The Phantom Menace. And originally, he actually wanted it to be a different director. Like, he uh, approached Ron Howard. He approached uh, Steven Spielberg, obviously. And he also approached Robert Zemeckis. And all of them were like, no. <laughs> uh, you know, they all said it was too daunting. Which is understandable, you know, because this is literally this consumed what another decade of the man's life, basically. Right. So they told him you should do it, and he did. And you know, we got what we got. Uh, for me, for me, looking back on the prequels, I definitely have a greater appreciation for them because of what they add to the overall saga, right? It, you know, it adds backstory that really makes the the original trilogy for me even better because you know so much more of these characters. But obviously, there were. A lot of decisions that I don't agree with. A lot of characters that I felt were completely useless. Uh, Natalie Portman, for me, it was like, Jesus Christ! Like, what, what, what were you doing? You know, it, it was like, how dare you be terrible in this entire trilogy, and then go win a fucking Oscar like five years after the fact? It's like, what, what are you doing? You know? Uh, but definitely for me, um, yeah, like I said, I appreciate the the movies for what they are. Overall, I don't think they're good films. You know, when you really stack them up like that, I don't think they're good. But, you know, when, when they, they pad out the Star Wars saga in general, you have to appreciate them for what they are. True, true. I, you know, I agree on a lot of points. I, I do think they are good movies. Because, um, again, I <clears throat> I always go back to, like, the way that George always, always talked about Star Wars. And Star Wars was, you know, was for kids. I mean, you know, if you – I'm an OT kid. You know, like th th those those that original trilogy was my babysitter. I had two older brothers, but they weren't watching me. Luke, Han and Leia were watching me and I was watching them, you know, and. You know that you, you fall in love with those movies as kids. Uh, and then if you you talk to 90s kids, right, kids who grew up in that era, who were 10, 11 years old in 99, you know, you they they have a different fondness or appreciation for those movies. Um, so like for me, it took me a while to, to really appreciate the films because again, there was hokey acting. Um, I was sitting in that movie theater questioning why Jar Jar Binks was in the movie. Like, why couldn't we get a Chewbacca character? Like somebody that was, you know, 
self-aware and, and, and wanted to be, you know, useful as opposed to just being this, you know, overly dramatic, you know, over the top type of character that just was really annoying. Um, but even then, as time went on, like I understood Jar Jar's role in the movie and like why he was there. So I, I do have, you know, like I told like before we cut the, the mic on, um, I went, I, I saw Phantom Menace at Palace and I remember being in the, in, in the parking lot and my best friend who, uh, who, who now lives here in Tampa, cause I moved up here. Uh, he came like running into the parking lot with like a handful of tickets. And he was like, he was like, I got tickets for Phantom Menace. And I was like, my, my head just exploded. Cause like, <laughs> it was like sold out everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just one of those, one of those things where it's, I'm just a huge fan of Star Wars in general. So when it comes to to the prequels and Phantom Menace, Phantom Menace in particular, because there's a lot of there's a lot of lore in that movie in terms of like just overall Star Wars canon. So you know there's there's a there's a fondness for it that probably not not too I have a fondness for it that not too many people uh, share. Yeah, I, I was going to say that um, out of the original three, the one I probably enjoy the watching the most. And even though it's definitely not the best one, uh, is Phantom Menace just because, like, I don't know about you, Alexis, or, or Ruben, but, like, there was this, like, I remember I was around, like, 11, right? You know, it came out in 99, watching it. Mm-hmm. And when you came out of that theater, um, it was kind of like you felt that you, um, like, it's you kept telling yourself that you liked it, right? I think we all came out, I think, of watching Phantom Menace the first time. I don't know about mm-hmm. you guys, but I came out and liking it a lot, and then, um, but then again, when you watch it uh, later on, you know, as more as, as an adult and you kind of like start looking at the flaws, you start realizing, man, it's actually not that great. <laughs> um, that was the one movie that uh, I still have um, fondness in watching again, just because like, you know, it's the start of it all. It has some of the coolest characters and um, things like that. But out of uh, out of that original trilogy, I, I think... Um, it's the only one that uh, has any sort of like sense of fun just because there's a lot of set pieces in that movie that um, most people remember the most. Like, you know, you have the pod race, you have the duel mm-hmm. with Darth Maul, you have Qui-Gon Jinn as a character in general, which, you know, people were hoping that we would get more than just one movie with him in it, you know, and um, uh, the introduction of Obi-Wan being young. And when you go into like the second and third movies, yeah, it deals more with like Anakin's transition into becoming who uh, obviously who he becomes. But um, I just don't find those movies as like as fun as episode one is, even though Mm. there is a lot of parts of episode one that just like, you know, who cares? And yeah, it's like, so all the politics in, in that original trilogy is so boring that, and that's, kind of the main story arc of that original trilogy is the whole mm-hmm. politics surrounding, you know, is the universe. whole point. Yeah. The whole point of that thing was, was a, the political atmosphere that created the empire. Right. Yeah. That, that was this whole thing is like, this is what can happen. This is how you can create an autocracy basically, you know? Yeah. And yeah, like you said, it was the most boring part of that entire saga, you know? So, yeah. So like, let's focus on, on the first movie. Let's talk about more about Phantom Menace, you know? Like, yeah. Like Carlos, like, like you said, I'm, for me, I feel over time, I'm, I prefer that one over the other two. Um, I did enjoy Revenge of the Sith the most at the time where I saw it. I thought it was the best one of the original um, trilogy, I mean, prequel trilogy. Uh, but over time, and you know, I've rewatched Phantom Menace maybe um, maybe 10 times, you know, since obviously, but obviously, this is like two decades. Um, but, and I also rewatched it when it was released in theaters in 3D. I went and I saw it. And I was like, all right, it's better than I remember. You know, the Jar Jar parts are really hard to get through. Mm-hmm. because it, it's just like i don't know man okay so so fun fact apparently uh lucas actually created jar jar years ago he was part of his original treatment of star wars like back when he did it back in like in the in the 70s um so he was basically trying to you know create like the bumbling sidekicks right you know and that's where the, the idea of jar jar came about but he eventually changed that to you know c3po and r2 so jar jar was always there uh, I don't know what happened, you know, although you can kind of understand why he is how he is if he was made in the 70s, right? Because obviously the, the times there were a lot different, right? Because, you know, this is a character that you saw on screen. You're like, this this doesn't look appropriate, how this guy is acting. And, you know, I, I feel bad for the actor, you know, that played him. Uh, I think his name was uh, Ahmad Best, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And, you know, poor, poor guy, man. People just destroyed him. You know, for, it's like, okay, first of all, 
he was paid a shit ton of money to play this, play this character. You you wouldn't have done it if you know Lucas came to you and said, "Hey, play this character, say these stupid lines, and I'm going to give you like a hundred grand." You wouldn't do it. So you know, like the way they ripped them, I thought was unfair. Yeah, I mean, again, Star Wars has you know one of the one of the greatest fan bases and also one of the most toxic fan bases. So absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, I'm not best. You know, he he struggled with that. He almost took his life, self admittedly. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it was pretty sad that you know to hear him say that. Um, and now it's, he's come full circle. Now he's he's hosting you know a show on Disney Plus about you know young Jedi's or whatever. So it's you oh, know is he's he? a, yeah he's uh, it's like oh, Jedi Jedi Temple or something like that. Um, you know, so it's full circle. You know, it's one of those things where, uh, again, I think fans realize how harsh, how cruel. Uh, you know, one way that I look at Jar Jar, then, you know, uh, everybody always makes these Kurosawa comparisons to like, you know, those old movies and how Star Wars kind of models themselves after that. But I always take Jar Jar and I put him in the role of like the drunken master, right? Like hmm. the ma- the one who's like, he's not, you know, he's wise, but you don't you don't really hear it in his words. But you see it in the way that he moves and his actions. And if you look at Jar Jar, like a lot, like in a lot of the fights and even in the political scheming, he he puts himself in places where he's important, where he ends up doing something important, you know. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like, even to the downfall of where like he gives the chancellor supreme power. It's his vote that does that. So he's like, he's almost like the, the, the drunken master fool, so to speak, where like his, when he's fighting, he's not doing anything on purpose. Everything is all these blundering acts strung together. And then in other times he's led astray because he is so humble and he's so like simple that he doesn't realize what he's doing is wrong. So that's the way that I look at him, obviously getting past the voice, which is another thing that I'm out best that he, he created. Um, that's that's one of the, my biggest things. I didn't so mind, you know, much mind uh, the way he talked because we got that with Yoda in his backward speak. And that's like Star Wars stuff, you know, mm-hmm. so that didn't bother me so much. But the voice and just like the antics were just a little too much for me for, for Jar Jar. But there was so much good in that movie in terms of like, you know, like uh, like Qui-Gon. Uh, yeah. And like we were talking about that, like that's he's one of my favorite Jedi. You know, and the things that we see him do in that movie, like that first dust up between him and Darth Maul in the desert is like one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars. Mm. Yeah, I, the things with Jar Jar is that it's it's a lot of, um, you know, Star Wars has always had its comedy and George Lucas doesn't mind implementing, obviously, comedy into, you know, these kind of space operas, which, I mean, we've talked about this before. Uh, these movies were for kids initially. So, um, but it's, it gets to the point where, like the original trilogy, uh, the comedy and it works so well just because it's peppered in the right kind of amount. And then with Jar Jar, it's just like, it's just constant where a lot of it just doesn't land. Almost all of it doesn't land. It's just, uh, I mean, I understand also it could have been a way of like the him as a character could be a, uh, almost like a marketing ploy to like sell toys and you know all that jazz. Um, obviously, Star Wars was yet to be owned by Disney at this point. It was still... You know, Lucasfilm was independent and Star mm-hmm. Wars was still being made with Fox. But, yeah, it's, you know, they're, they're, there's not, I don't have uh, the greatest memories of Jar Jar Binks as a character. You know, you always <laughs> think of just, you know, you just have scenes of like when him, he's fucking around with Anakin's pod racer and he gets his tongue numb and shit like that where it's like, okay, like we get it. Like he's, he's, he's kind of like a big, you know, just a big doofus and, and for whatever reason he's still around. But... Um, it's unfortunate what did happen with uh, with Ahmad Best and the kind of hate that he received. And uh, it, it's true, Ruben was saying that um, you know the Star Wars fan base is it's one of the most loyal and and one of the most uh, uh, I guess um, what's the right way? Like it's one of the most supportive of uh, the series itself or the foundation of the series itself. But it's also one of the worst because like you run into situations where. And not to get into the new trilogy, but you run into situations like how The Last Jedi turned out, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's just like, yeah. you, when you when you go to any forums, it's like, oh, my God, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. almost it's it's almost as if it's becoming like political. But it's yeah, yeah, I, I don't even I don't even bother doing that because like, yeah, I feel like the, the worst part of the fan base is very possessive of yes. the Star Wars franchise. And it's just mm-hmm. like, all right, first of all, none of you are George Lucas, George Lucas, none of you are Kathleen Kennedy. You guys don't own this, you know, like let them make what they wanted to create. And just accept it, you know. Yeah. And like the way people react to certain things is just like ridiculous. Like, 
for me, you know, like we'll talk about it when we get to like the new trilogy episode. But you know, like like I've been with like Kelly Marie Tran, you know, how they they basically push her off of Twitter because they want to stop harassing the poor girl. Yeah. Like, dude, she's just she's an actress. Her character is fake. You know, none of it's real. They're shooting space guns. You know, it's like <laughs> space first, you know, it's like literally every every shot from the gun is a fake ass sound. You know, no way a laser gun would sound like that. It's not a you documentary. Know, yeah, it's not, none of it's real, man. It's like holy shit. So yeah, that, that's one of the bad things about the fan base. So you know, um, which yeah, it's bothersome. So obviously, there's I, I believe there's more good than bad. Like anything else, there's more good than bad. But yeah, definitely things like that are, are really bothersome to see. But you know, like I, I know one thing that everybody agrees on that was the best part of the trilogy was definitely Darth Maul. You know, of this particular movie was Darth Maul. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife actually is terrified of Darth Maul. Like he scares the absolute shit out of her. Yeah, like I don't know she, she'll randomly like get scared, and I'm like, "You're right." She's like, "Yeah, I'm, uh, like I thought I saw Darth Maul." I'm like, that he's he's not like a horror character. Like, what the, the hell, you know? It's like the Conjuring, but with Darth Maul. Yeah, basically, yeah. She's got the, the spikes and like you know the the face, you know, like it, all, all of it just scares the hell out of her. And like, yeah, you know, Darth Maul, especially you know like with what they did with him and like you know Star Wars Rebels, the Clone Wars, you know how they expanded his character. Definitely, you know, what you see in the movie isn't isn't what you really get from that character. Yeah, no, I love I love Filoni for doing that. <clears throat> That's one of my favorite things about Clone Wars is is the Darth Maul is the Darth Maul story arc, uh, mm-hmm. and I love that it bleeds into Rebels. Um, Maul is definitely probably, you know, one of the best villains that Star Wars has created in terms of like all around characters. Um, the, you know, and in the movies, you know, in the movie, it's a shame because. He is like, I think that that was the only way to do it because he was, he just does become so powerful, you know, and the dude becomes so strong that I don't think Anakin probably could have taken him at that, at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was good that, that Obi, you know, Obi-Wan dispensed of him at that moment. But, but truly one of like, I remember sitting in the movie theater and that first time where, where he takes his hood off, you know, those doors slide open and like, you know, he ignites that one side of the saber and Anakin and, and uh, I mean, Qui-Gon and, and Obi-Wan light theirs and he lights the other side. And it was just like, you know, that John Williams score starts to swell and you're just like, oh, forget about it. This is about to go down. Mm-hmm. And, Ray, you know, Ray Park is is a beast. I mean, the dude is he's a monster for that. Like I've uh, I've been at conventions where he'll just like he'll come out to like the front of like all the tables or whatever and just like grab somebody's saber or sword or something and just start going to town yeah he's, he's still got it yeah he's still he's got still, it he's still got it so it'd be dope to see him you know uh talking about disney plus and and everything that they're doing with it now you know if they're talking about a cassian series it you know that would that would line up with his his timeline with rebels and it'd be dope to see him back as 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 darth maul yeah, and I, cool. and I get, I'm sure they'll use Darth Maul at some point, like, you know, because um, you know, in, in Solo, you know, obviously he was like the the looming villain, even though like that they're not gonna make a sequel to that because Solo was just you know, like it's a shame. It, yeah, it's a shame. it deserves you know. a sequel. That's you think sure. so? I I think yeah, man. I, you like you like Solo? Solo gets better and better with every single watch. Bro, like, I, I I fell asleep on my first viewing of Solo. Nah, I, I'm not even gonna lie, I fell nah, asleep. Like nah. I, I was, I was so bored with that movie. It, it and took it me, was... it took me a second with 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 Hans or whatever his name is. You know him being him playing um, him playing Han, but everybody else is so good in that movie that I just didn't care. Yeah, um, like, I, I, I didn't, know, I didn't and, mind him. But dude, okay, my problem with that movie, oh, not, not not to cut you off. My problem with that movie is like literally everybody fucking dies and nobody cares. Like no one seems to care that people are dying left and right in that movie. Like uh, Woody Harrelson. Like his, I don't know if it's like his wife or his girlfriend. She dies like you know, like in the first half hour. Doesn't mention her once after that. It's like, what the fuck? You know, know, they're scoundrels, man. You know, like he knows the game. He knows the game. You know, they go they go into every mission knowing somebody's not coming back. Yeah, yeah. you know, and then his his robot partner dies, and and they put the robot spirit into the Millennium Falcon. I'm like, okay, no, come on. Right, but but then that ties into the whole like you know your 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 ship speaks a weird language you know like it ties it ties into all that all that all that lore. Stop, I, accus- I'm, stop I'm, excusing I'm, solo. Stop excusing it. I'm, 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 you, right, I'm right. I'm right. I'm right now. Right. On, it came out on a, on Netflix for a while before Disney Plus had come out, and I just mm-hmm. watched it like on repeat, and I was just like, yeah, this. I think so. I think Ron Howard definitely pulled a way bigger dumpster fire, you know, out of the out of the dumpster fire than 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 it would have been if the 
if if the original movie would have came out. I think if the original movie would have came out and Ron Howard wouldn't have been able to do his thing to it, I think there would have been really bad. But but no, I enjoyed Solo, man. I, I, I do. But again, you're talking to somebody who just loves Star Wars, man. Like, you know, I'll watch Rebels and not complain about the Puffer Pig episodes. You know, like, I just don't, oh like, you know, I don't, I don't really worry about it. But, uh, what I was going to say is uh, I actually would have been interested in seeing, um, I know we keep talking about Solo here, but I would have been interested in seeing the uh, uh, the original version of that movie because I do like the uh, the, the director tandem that, that was initially slated to do the movie and then obviously got, got let go because there's a lot of, let's just say, uh, behind the scenes turmoil in Lucasfilm between Lawrence Kasdan, Kathleen Kennedy, and these... Uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. They were the guys that did uh, both, both Spider Verse. Spider Verse. Well, those are, that's the latest movie they've done. Well, but yeah, and the, the Lego movie. That's what landed them solo. They did the Lego movie. They did Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street. They did uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, the, the first one. Um, that was so, it. Yeah, the first one, which was the. It's really good. Um, it's good. Yeah, it is good. Um, but I would have found it really interesting their version of the movie because they were very big on uh, improv and allowing. Uh, their actors to kind of do their thing. So apparently, the rumor was is that um, Lawrence Kasdan, who's you know most people who love Star Wars know who he is. Um, he was on set a lot for uh, Solo during its production, just because he wrote the script with his. I believe he wrote it with his son. I don't think it was just. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, Lawrence Kasdan, being of you know Empire Strikes Back fame and things like that, uh, has a lot of pulled within Lucasfilm and Lucasfilm, especially people like Kathleen Kennedy, kind of hold him in high regard. So he's very big on uh, on on sticking to the page as what it's called, as sticking to what's written in the script and not really going off of it. And Phil Lord and Christopher Miller are very big on um, basically improv. So what they would be doing is they would do, let's say, five takes following the script, and then they would do two or three at the end of uh, at the end of each sequence and let their actors just kind of like improv the scene. And he wasn't a big fan of that. So he basically put up a big stink to Kathleen Kennedy. And then Kathleen Kennedy probably brought it up to Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. And we're like, listen, we need you to stick to, you know, we have a plan. You need to do this. And they were like, yeah, well, that's not how we work. So and that's, that's probably why they, you know, they got fired yeah. from the movie. But it was really bad planning, though, because, like, you know, you, yeah. you know how, how these guys are. You know yeah. their style. So, like, why I, would you be surprised they would do this? Uh, I know. I just I, I would have been interested in seeing their version of the movie. I feel like it might have been funnier, personally. Mm. Um, but... Uh, I, I enjoyed Solo for what it was. It's nothing really mind blowing, you know. Uh, it's not I, Rogue. It's not Rogue One. It's not no, Rogue One. That's no, for sure. no, man. Like Rogue, Rogue One to me. You know, like I, I know we're straying really far from the prequel yeah, path. Yeah, we are. Um, even though you know it's in there, it's, it's, it's a prequel it's to you know, it's in the yeah. timeline, you know. Yeah. But man, Rogue One to me is like probably one of the you know, it's definitely a top. Definitely a top five Star Wars movie. I, I would put like top four, you know, because you know, obviously the original trilogy will be in there, but it's definitely one of the best ones, easily. That's another you know? one that I want to see the original ending because the ending of that movie yeah. is completely different from totally what different we saw they really the first shot. trailers. Mm -hmm. From the first couple of trailers, there's a lot of stuff in that movie that we don't see in the final version of the film, and obviously yeah. that has to do with like them doing reshoots and kind mm -hmm. of changing. Yeah, the there, there's a million parts. Like the, the part yeah. in the trailer where a Tie Fighter pops up, like in that yeah. end scene in that tower, there's, and they're running like, across like, the one beach. Scene. You know? Yeah, or, or like doll running together, like through yeah. the base. You know, it's like mm -hmm. none of that happened in the in the film. So yeah, definitely, I would like to see you know like that cut. You know, we'll see yeah. if they got one down the line. But it, you know how it. they are with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I doubt like, it. They, they won't even give us the original cut of the original trilogy. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like yeah, it's all the remaster. But anyways, okay, let, let's go back to the prequel. We're, we're, we totally left that. Um. So yeah, you know, so yeah, like we said, definitely the duel at the end. You know, of Phantomus was easily the best part of the movie. Um, so let, let's move on to Attack of the Clones. So this one for me, I feel, is the flat out worst. Skip. Of, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's the worst Star Wars movie by leaps and fucking bounds. Like, I, I hate this movie. Le legitimately hate watching this movie. I saw it in theaters, hated it, couldn't stand it. Um, and then I've seen it maybe like three times since. Like, I actively avoid watching that movie. The only part, you know, like, I'll only watch it if it's like the last like half hour and I'm about to see like Yoda just go crazy on Dooku. Other than that, like, I, I don't fuck with that movie at all. This was the point of the franchise where people were like, uh, fuck, this is not <laughs> trending in the right direction. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. 
because there was the whole fanfare of Phantom Menace and like, you know, people like I was what I said before with people saying um, they like interviewed people coming out of the theater after they watched Phantom Menace. And like, I guess the hype of Star Wars being back kind of overtook the whole like looking at flaws and realizing that, hey, it's not that great of a movie. Because, you know, there's all these interviews. I'm sure you've seen them of, like, people, you know, on TV with these news crews interviewing people coming out of the theaters. And all the people are like, I, I loved it. It was amazing. It's the best, you know, best Star Wars movie I've seen, you know, whatever, whatever. And then people start realizing afterwards that, like, ah, it's actually kind of not that great. And then we get Attack of the Clones, and it's like, oh, man, this is really trending in the wrong direction. Like, there's – talk about a boring Star Wars movie. Oh, like, yeah, man. it's just more political intrigue that was boring from the first movie. And they're like, you know what? Let's add about 30 more minutes of that into this one. So, yeah, it's. Yeah. And, and like, I, I never really understood, like, the clone plot line. You know, it's like, okay, so they've hired a secret army of clones. And, you know, so Obi-Wan is, is investigating it, trying to figure out who, who basically started the army. And then by the end of it, the army is basically part of the Republic, and now he's leading them. It's like, I, I don't understand. Like, what the fuck was the point of everything that just happened, you know? And then, like, you bring in Django Fett, where we got, you know, a bounty hunter in here, and, you know, he seems like he's a cool character, you know, but then he gets wrecked by Mace Windu. Like, that was the one, that was one of the good things about the movie is that, you know, we get Mace Windu in there, we get to see him, you know, you know, like, basically wreck ass, you know. Purple lightsaber and all. Yeah, like, Samuel L. Jackson was actually one of the first people to approach to do a Star Wars movie, because he had said for years that he wanted to do one. So, you know, when Lucas started making the, the prequel trilogy, they, they, he was one of the first ones they approached. You know, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm fucking in for sure." And they actually also approached uh, Leonardo DiCaprio to be Anakin Skywalker, but he turned it down. He didn't want to do it. He I was mean, like, yeah, "I'm, I'm good." That'd be interesting. But by the uh, way, I, it, I, I, go, go ahead, go ahead. Say what you're gonna say. Go ahead. No, no. What, what were you gonna say? I was gonna be. Well, I was gonna ask you if um, I know you have your little page of uh, facts here that you're gonna throw at us. But do you know why Mace Windu's lightsaber is purple? Uh, I can only assume that he wanted it that color. Well, yeah, you're right. Apparently, uh, one of the caveats for Samuel Jackson to kind of do the movie, he told mm. George Lucas, he's like, I want a purple lightsaber. And George Lucas was kind of like, um, I mean, that doesn't really, you know, that's that, not really a color in the universe. Like, there's specific colors for the lightsaber. He's like, listen, you know, I don't care. I just want a purple lightsaber, basically, because he wanted to stand out, you know? Absolutely, yeah. So, and I, I mean, it's, I guess it's Samuel L. Jackson. You give yeah. the man what he fucking wants, man. Yeah. So, but his, yeah, in his in his hilt on his actual Star Wars hilt, they inscribe "bad motherfucker" on them. Oh, oh yes, God. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, <clears throat> he's definitely one of the highlights of the films. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the, you know, getting to know, getting to see another Mandalorian or somebody wearing a Mandalorian armor, uh, and getting that whole Django and origin kind of pseudo backdoor pilot for for boba fett um you know that's one of the best cuts that's one of the best scenes in star wars that that scene where he's holding the the helmet of his dad to his forehead and like that's that's like an icon like i love that shot um the battle of genosis is fun but it is it is it is one of the, the slower moving star wars movies and there's not there's not a lot in there that that kind of gets you excited um you know like you said the last half hour of it is probably like the best part of the movie um we get to see Yoda whoop ass for the first time. So that, that was pretty cool. Um, but again, like everybody's performances are kind of flat. Um, and I, you know, and, and I, and I attribute that to, to not only Lucas's writing, but like his direction capabilities as well. Like he had Natalie Portman, who, like you mentioned is, you know, she's a talented actress. She was talented then, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. so she just needed somebody to guide her through it. Like you're, you're in a weird you're on a weird set you're wearing weird clothes it's not your normal movie so it's hard to tap into those characters so you need somebody uh to guide you through it and that's and lucas knew that that's why he approached spielberg and zemeckis and howard because he didn't want to do it that's why when you look at the original trilogy and people ask you oh what's the best movie it's empire but why because george didn't direct it lawrence kasdan right wrote it you know what i'm saying somebody else directed it um and the same thing with return you know, when you look at A New Hope and you look at Phantom Menace, the things that stand out are its hokiness. And that's why, like, they kind of, like, are so charming because they are so hokey. But it's 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 really on him, I think. You know, I don't think any amount of direction in the world, God bless him, would have helped Hayden Christensen. Um, mm-hmm. And we probably would have gotten a more emotional and more ranged Anakin Skywalker if Leo would have taken that role. But again... <clears throat> 
imagine imagine going back and seeing Leonardo DiCaprio now. You yeah. know, and, and watch it. It, would have, it would have taken you completely out of yeah. the movie. Completely yeah. out of the movie. Yeah, you know? no, I, I, yeah. Like I, I agree, I agree with going uh, with like a uh, you know at 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 that point, uh, relative unknown, right? To play Anakin, yeah. Because if you bring someone, if you bring Leo DiCaprio into that movie, people are like, oh, that's Leo DiCaprio in a Star Wars movie, and yeah, you're already taken out of it, you know. He but just, he did Titanic two years prior, so or not exactly, two years, yeah, right. Well, nine, well, because ninety nine, it, it, it was ninety seven. Yeah, right. so exactly, he was he was too big by then to be and in was, that film. Episode two was what ninety uh, two thousand one, right? Two thousand one, yeah. yeah, around there, yeah. yeah. Two thousand one or two, yeah, and yeah, like Lucas's uh, weakness has always been, uh, I feel, dialogue. You know, like you know, having characters interact and having a proper dialogue together and having them commit the proper emotions of that dialogue. Because you know, the big crux of Attack of the Clones was the romance between Padme and Anakin, and it was like so grating to watch. You know, like it was watching nails on a chalkboard. They have zero <laughs> chemistry. Right, like you know, you came until they actually like each other, like off the camera. You know, it, it was it was just strange. You know, because they, they just it, they didn't mesh. They didn't mesh. It didn't make sense. You know, like you didn't see these two being together. You know, it, it was you just saw him like, what has she seen him? You know, like Anakin, you know that he's just obsessed with her because he's loved her since he was a little kid. So you understand his side, but then for her, it's just like you haven't. First of all, you haven't seen Anakin in how long, right? Because like I, I forget how long it was between uh, Phantom and Attack of the Clones. It was like five, six years. But so I'm you literally guy. haven't seen this kid. You've had no contact because he's been training as a Jedi. You've had zero contact with him. Now all of a sudden he's going to pop up and you're just going to fall in love with him like because you went on a trip. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, you know. And then oh my god, you know, like we, we all we all know this the freaking sand line from that movie. You know, look, I don't like sand either. No, I, I understand it. I hate sand too. It gets everywhere. You know, it's like I'm not a fan of it. The, the best but things it, we yeah, got from it, it just movie. shows. Yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, no, it, it just shows just like the overall weakness of the dialogue in this movie. The best things we got from from episode two is clearly the sand line, right? I don't like sand, right? And then the other thing <laughs> was the uh, they grabbed the like the blue screen outtake of uh, Obi Wan flying that speeder, and he's like turning back and forth with his head, and then people put, people put <laughs> so flames good. in the background, and it's like you know, yeah. me as my life is going to shit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like um, definitely for me, the MVP of the prequel trilogy is Ewan McGregor. Like oh, he yeah. he was by far the best part of that entire trilogy. He was he was excellent in all three of those movies. Like the man acted his ass off. He did the best he could with what he had. He knew that he wasn't being given great stuff, but he had fun with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like I'm very excited for his um, series coming up on Disney Plus. Like that's gonna be fucking amazing. I'm super excited for that. If we ever get to it, I mean, shit with the amount of delays and oh yeah, I know. Yeah, hey, but you know, the, the Mandalorian comes back in two weeks. That's right. Yeah, and they're gonna apparently apparently they're gonna start shooting season three in like in December, essentially. Yeah. Really? Like, Shit. Yeah, yeah. they're gonna go right. There you go. I mean, they're shooting all of that stuff on that in that void stage. So yeah. it's like it's super. You know, like that's why like I'm not really too worried about Kenobi or or the Cassian. Like when they when they go to get green light those oh, shows. Oh, the Cassian series. I forgot about um, that man. Like all of that's going to be done there. Like they don't need to. They don't need to go anywhere else anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless they're looking to do something, you know, huge. Um, and even then, I mean, that some of that Mandalorian behind the scenes stuff is just impressive. Yeah, yeah. Like what they do is insane. So, so yeah. I mean, you know, Kenobi by far is definitely. Um, I actually just I, I picked up this book at Target called Myths and Fables, Star Wars Myths and Fables, and there's a. And like the first story in there is about Kenobi fighting a like a like a sand dragon on Tatooine for like this town, and it's like one of the rawest stories I've ever read. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait a second, what? I was like, so this is the kind of stuff like that I'm looking forward to seeing in the Kenobi series. Like I don't care if it ties into anything Skywalker related. Like I just mm-hmm. want to see what he was doing at that time. Other than the stuff that the comics have been showing us, because Marvel's doing an excellent job at that too, um, and then filling in talking about the prequels filling in that time between the movies and some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes while we're watching the movie. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like that's what I love about what Disney's been able to do is they're able to fill those gaps. So you, so you can go back and watch the prequels and really appreciate them just that much more, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason they got rid of all that, all the, all the old Canon stuff from that, that dark horse did and all, because now they have free range just to do whatever they want. To fill those gaps that you're talking about, so, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Obi Wan is definitely uh, from the original trilogy. Uh, trilogy, he's definitely a highlight, um, or in terms of a character. I mean, he's in all three movies, right? Same with Anakin, but 
as as Obi like Obi Wan as a character along with Ewan McGregor playing him like really just he you know he helps carry that that the, that original trilogy to at least a watchable level you know so um, yeah I mean I, I agree it's it, it, you, the best things that have come out from that original trilogy is kind of like the building blocks to the main uh, Star Wars universe and also. You, know, you get Obi Wan and you and the John Williams score. I mean, you can't always mm-hmm. you know the the score of his of that the Duel of Fates, you know, soundtrack yeah. song is is still like even to this day is still one of his best that he's ever done. Yeah, no, so. it, it's still an absolute banger. You know, and <laughs> yeah, you know, for yeah, man, it's just like there, there there just aren't a lot of things about the movie to like. Definitely, the only good part is just like the ending of the movie, right? The the battle on Genosis, and then you know we get the battle between Obi Wan and Anakin against Dooku. Which you know, Christopher Lee was also, in, you know, it's Christopher Lee. Like the guy was awesome in that movie, and like I loved his lightsaber, that that hilt, you know, the curve, you know, very sophisticated, right? That was awesome. The fight with Yoda, oh man, uh, it's obviously when it first happened, I was like, oh my god, Yoda's gonna fight. Oh my god, Yoda, he's got a fucking little tiny lightsaber. He's flipping around like a maniac. But then coming back to him, like, ah, oh, I, I don't know, like that fight, and just like Yoda in general, like the way he fought and things like that, like I don't know, I, I, I very. It's more off-putting to me, I think, over time than anything else. The those that big battle in Geonosis, like this is the this is the uh, the first Star Wars movie um, that w- you started realizing just the amount of CGI being used and how you watch it now, and a lot of it looks like it looks pretty fake. Like it's mm-hmm. pretty like especially if, you know it's it was easier for them to do that stuff because of like all the clones wearing the same helmets and not necessarily having to like emote anything cuz obviously you, you know you're not seeing their faces or anything. But that this is the first movie where you started realizing like man they're really relying like George Lucas is really relying on 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 visual effects and not sticking to the practical stuff that Star Wars has been known for that it's kind of unfortunate. So mm. as entertaining as the, the Battle of Genosis is and even that that final that fight with all the Jedi and, and, and Mace Windu, you know, killing, uh, uh, Jango Fett and things like that. Um, it's, it's still, it's st- for me, at least it sticks out the, just how much, uh, George Lucas relied on CGI in the second and the third movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Cause uh, the first movie, he actually used a lot more practical effects than the other one. Like apparently he used more practical effects than he did in the entire original trilogy combined. Cause it's crazy. It, you know, yeah, yeah. When you think about it, it's nuts. You know, like obviously he used CGI for like the, the big moments, but a lot of it was practical. He used a lot of miniatures for the first one, but yeah, yeah he he went straight green screen for the other ones after that. Yeah, and yeah, you know, unfortunately that doesn't age well. No, I mean it yeah. depends, but like even because like you know, it, it really yeah, because Jurassic, it depends, Jurassic because Park like, still holds up. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> right. but, yeah, but yeah, but that, that movie Park know, is, it, it was supplemented by CGI, right? Right, you know, it's, it's a mixture of both. Right, they right. did both. Yeah, because, like you know, you have the scene of the uh, when Alan Grant is running with the kids and 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 all, and the like the I forgot what those dinosaurs are, but the ones but that the, Gallimimus. Uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> that scene of them running with them and then like you know them jumping over the log, like mm. you know that stuff hasn't aged too well per se uh, but then you do the the practical mix with cgi with the whole t-rex attack that's like yeah you know holy yeah. shit it's still one well, of it, 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 yeah. even the first scene with, with the first dinosaur that they see you know the the big brachiosaur like that one hasn't aged particularly well you know no. you can really tell that cgi you know right actually actually side story um you guys know they're bringing back the animaniacs right yeah yeah so, so they actually had a promo where they reenact the <laughs> jurassic park scene mm. Animated and like literally, Alan Grant and you know, like Laura Dern, they're both looking up, take off the glasses, and it's literally the Animaniacs popping up over the fucking tree line. It's it's fucking hilarious. That's but, great. I can't wait I, to watch that. Yeah, oh, that, that's gonna be, I, I love the Animaniacs. Uh, so yeah, okay, so let's move on to Revenge of the Sith. So you know, this is the, the last one. This is the one where we're gonna finally see him become Darth Vader, we're gonna finally see him turn evil. Everyone's like, you know, like, like you know, like Carl said earlier, obviously. The second movie made us all feel like, oh no, this is you know, it's gonna be really hard to stick that landing. Like it was very much like the the second to last episode of Game of Thrones, where you see Khaleesi go bad, and you're like, oh, this show's not gonna end well at all. There's only one <laughs> yeah, episode so, left. Oh yeah, God. there's only one left. They did this. This is not. This is not gonna end well. And Jesus Christ, that's a whole other thing. You know, entirely. Uh, I, I can talk about how bad that was forever. But um, Run to the Sith, it could have been a lot worse. You know, the movie could have been absolutely terrible. Um, definitely certain things in that movie that I will hate and I will hate until the day I die, particularly when he 
finally becomes Vader. Oh and God! I knew you were going to bring this up. I knew it. Why, why would I not? Why would I not bring that the first scene one? Up. I knew. Actually, let me rephrase that. I knew you were going to bring this up first. Well, go <laughs> it's, ahead. it's a it's a goddamn abomination of a scene, it bro. Is. Okay, it, is. it, it is. was so bad that he then perverted Revenge of the Je no Return of the Jedi with that same fucking scene. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Where the go first ahead, explain thing, it. Go ahead. Yeah. Explain yeah. It. So <laughs> he's he's Vader now. Palpatine comes to check on him, and then he's like, "Where's Padme?" Is she okay? Is she all right? And then, you know, Palpatine lies, says, you killed her. And then he's like, no. And I was like, fucking kill me. <laughs> Son of a bitch. That was so bad. It's like, why? Why? You know, it's like, I, it felt like such like amateur hour as far as like writing goes. You know, like, Ruben, you're a writer. You know, it's like, you, you saw that scene. Like, how'd you feel when you saw that? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it wasn't, it, it really plays well in the comics. I'll tell you that. They, they, uh, they kind of, um, <laughs> they kind of redo it from like a different perspective, uh, which is really cool. Uh, but, but it, it hits in the comic. Um, everything in that scene works right up until that moment, right when he lets out that, that, that scream, because his initial, you know, wanting to know about Padme makes sense. You know what I'm saying? But then mm -hmm. his his reaction, like, I would have much rather have seen, you know, just straight up rage, you know, like where like there's no there's no dialogue and he just he's crushing droids yeah. and, and, and metal, you know, thick thick tables all around him. You know, and I think that that would have worked so much better because Vader is uh, is so much different than Anakin in terms of the way that he expresses his anger. Uh, with with Anakin, it was all external. He would he would you know throw a fit almost like a toddler. Like I, that that scene mm -hmm. where uh, where he's talking to Padme and he's like, "I'm not like your your, your regular Jedi. You know, uh, I want more. I want more. And you know, I shouldn't. I shouldn't want more power. And it's like, then why are you crying about it? You know what I'm saying? Like, chill yeah. out. Uh, to where Vader was the opposite. Vader was cold machine. Everything was internal. So his whole struggle was within his own head. So we, the only time we heard him talk was when he was trying to slap, you know, uh, somebody around or force choke him. Um, you know, he didn't, he wasn't a man of a lot of words. Um, and again, they, I, I love how they express that in rebels and, 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 and things like that, where it's, 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 it shows you how hard Anakin is being fought back, how hard Vader is fighting Anakin back. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't particularly love that scene too much, but I did love the whole like construct and the whole thought of like Padme dying and him living and like them going back and forth between that while he's getting built. And like that last scene with the mask coming down and you hear it click mm -hmm. and then you it's just like that brief moment of silence. And then you hear it for the first time, and he breathes in, first breath. and you're Absolutely. just like, oh, man, that's sick. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. It, that everything. Yeah, exactly. Everything before that no was perfect. And yeah, like you said, it should have been like a rage moment. It should have been him to completely annihilating that room that he was in, you know, and just have that be that, you know. But man, it, it was it was just rough. And then you know, like the, the whole way that Padme dies, I thought was really bad too. You know, it's like, what she just lost the will to live. Like, first of all, you're a selfish bitch. Okay, you got you got kids that are about to be born right now, and you're just gonna die because your man left you. What the fuck? Do you know how many single moms are out there? Like, what kind of example are you? You know, it's like, what the hell is wrong with you, lady? You know, like I, I thought I thought that scene was like, like, I get it. You have to kill her because obviously she's not around. But it's like you should have, you know, she could just die of birth. You know, don't say that she has no will to live because of what happened. I thought that was very strange. She died of a broken heart. Yeah, she died. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. It's like, ah, no, man. No. It's like a Hallmark movie. <laughs> Yeah, like a, a really, really bad, you know, like one of those Christmas movies that you want to just like throw you know, a rock at your TV so you don't have to watch it. But, but anyways, yeah, so this is all towards the end. So whatever, the movie in general, you know, like I, I thought I thought it was good, uh, you know, compared to the other ones, obviously. Um, and then, you know, just seeing Anakin become Darth Vader, you know, it's just the way that, that the things happen, if they feel a little glossed over, right? You know, people mm -hmm. seem to kind of like gloss over the fact that he literally murdered children. He murdered dozens and dozens of kids you know and, the, and that gets glossed over pretty easily you know like all we have is that one scene where you mcgregor is like killing younglings <laughs> <laughs> yeah the man just murdered a bunch of children like why is no one upset by this you know <laughs> that definitely you know very strange even yoda, yoda was like you don't want to you don't want to look at those security recordings like yeah it's like you don't, don't do it do that don't do that yeah you know what you're gonna just, find it. all you have to do is picture basically that scene mixed with the scene from rogue one 
where he we first see Vader at the end of that movie and he's annihilating all those guys in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Just picture them instead of those guys, the little younglings. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah just pick oh my god. It's, it's, it's how, how much worse is that? You know? This got this got so dark. Yeah. This got so dark. Like after this episode, I'm gonna hug my son. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm sorry. Like now I just do. I just pictured all those those kids where he's like Master Skywalker, what do we do? And Anakin's just like, boom, and forces yeah. all of them. And they're all like, oh. yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. They, what they should do is re-edit that movie and have basically that scene happen after he gets his helmet and becomes Vader. And then he goes in there and annihilates all the kids. And then you're like, okay, that makes sense. Because him him being Anakin still is like, that's where it's a little bit like, oh, like, mm. You yeah, not. Or, or, or like have the clones go and do it. It's just like you're trying to make him be a sympathetic figure, yeah. but you're having him murder children. It's like I, I can't feel bad for you if you're murdering kids left and right. You know, it's a, it was a lot, you know a, a lot of odd choices um, in this movie for sure. And then you know, um, you know, obviously Padme's pregnant in the movie, basically becomes a secondary character. Everything, everything that she's progressed has gone away. Uh, it was a little weird, and you know, a little sexist. You know, that she gets pregnant and basically she's relegated to nothing in the Senate. It's like all right. Later, you know, oh, you're knocked up, you're done. It's like, all right, you just so happen okay. to reach your the end of your your queen your queenship, yeah. right yeah. when you got pregnant. Yeah, even, you know, the even, even even in a galaxy far, far away, you know, just you know, women's rights have just not progressed. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. You know, and, and then like no one's asking who the father is. How is nobody noticing that Anakin sleeps in her room every single night? Like no one sees them coming in and out. There's there's no secret camera footage in, in a fucking society, you know, as advanced as theirs. It's like, how did nobody know that he was a father? That you know, it, there was just plenty of things that were odd. He's her um, secret service, right? No, no, that's, I, that's one of my favorite lines that I'm just like really uh, is when Obi Wan is like, Anakin's the father, isn't he? Like if he's fucking Sherlock Holmes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he just like he just cracked the case. Like yes, he's the father, man. Like of course he's the fucking like, father. Come on, like are you serious? We're so, literally always together. Yeah, it's, Jar-Jar. it's, it's pretty. Yeah, Jar- no, it's Jar Jar. Isami. <laughs> oh man, um, but you know this movie definitely uh, had by far the best lightsaber battle. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I won't say it's the best one of the entire saga, uh, but it's definitely you know like the best one of this one for sure. Um, you know, the choreography was amazing, you know, both, you know, and you know, it was mostly them doing it. It was mostly you McGregor and Hayden Christensen doing the fight, which made it a lot more authentic. And then, you know, you feel the sadness of it because it's two best friends going at it, both trying to kill each other, obviously. So, and you really felt the emotion. Like I, I felt that this movie, um, you know, it was obviously Hayden Christensen's best movie, yeah. the best active one that he did. Uh, even though again, you know, it's hard for him to convey, the emotions required of the character to really get it across because you know the guy he's not the best actor it is what it is but he did the best he could i feel you have you have two scenes now right where um it might have worked better instead of having uh either anakin say a just a i find a really terrible line the whole scene of like when he gets his like legs cut off and he's all burnt and he's screaming at him like he he screams at him i hate you right Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah Like that's one that's one line. The same thing happened. The same thing like with the line where he screams no after he gets his helmet. Where mm. maybe he doesn't say anything, but just you just see the rage. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, because like when he says that line, it's just like you're looking and you're like, it'd just be so much better if you just didn't say that and just just stayed really mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yell. You know, like don't yeah. say words. Yeah, because you know, you and line. You because know, again, he was the best actor in, in this whole thing. So with the way when he says his lines, you feel it. You feel yeah. his disappointment his sadness and all this stuff but then when he says i hate you i'm just like ah okay but then he does nail it on the platform where they start their fight you know like his whole monologue about the sith and how the sith and how he views the jedi are evil you know obviously he's been a sith mm-hmm. for like five minutes but like that whole that whole scene between them you know right before they start to fight i think they both they both shine in there you know like mm-hmm. hayden hayden for me like there at that moment i was like and this is uh, that's why i agree this is his best acted movie is because like, I love that. Like when he sees Obi-Wan and he's like liar and like he grabbed, he force chokes at Padme. Like that mm-hmm. is like some Vader stuff. Like you can see the rage there, you know, and it's, you can see it bubbling up to the surface. So, and again, uh, Ewan McGregor is just so good that like, it's just like that calm savviness that he has and he's walking down the platform and he takes the scene away from him. But, but I think mm-hmm. he, he did a good job there. Um, you know, poor kid, like again, 
it's, I think that was his first job. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, and you've got the weight of Star Wars, you know, on your shoulders, you know? So it's like, even with the new trilogy, um, you know, as much as I love Daisy Ridley, um, she struggles hard throughout the whole mm. trilogy, throughout the whole mm. trilogy. She struggles mm. hard. And in other movies, she's just like really fantastic. And I'm like, okay, where is this? And I, and again, I, I take it, I, I, imagine as a writer where i don't write these grounded films i write very fantastical uh stuff um to where i can probably imagine myself maybe one day sitting on a movie set trying to explain to an actor how to get into that mindset you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying how to get into that role because it's not your you know your average role so it, it just takes finesse and i think that you see it with other levels of 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 acting where some people get it some people don't adam driver is fucking brilliant you know what i'm saying like as yeah, kylo ren I, I, like, I love adam driver like He's there's the no like you do me. not there's yeah. not one point in time where you do not believe him at all mm. you know what i'm saying so again i think some have it some don't and these move these kinds of movies bring it out in actors yeah, yeah, like that, that 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 exchange with them before they fight, you know, I thought was good. Mostly because again, you McGregor, he's like, "You have done that yourself." Yeah. And I was like, it's, it's so you've great. turned her against me. <laughs> it's, it's so good, but oh, man. um, but yeah, you know, like um, yeah, like walking out of that theater, I walked out of there thinking, okay, yeah, th this was definitely the best they could do with what we got from the previous two films. Uh, me personally, I feel that the movies were done out of not of order, but like the way it should have been, right? So episode three should have been episode two, right? Like episode one, you know, it could have happened. You could have kept them young in the first half. And then, you know, in, in you know, maybe we do the movie, skip ahead a couple years, and then you start episode two, but you condense it, right? And then episode two is episode three. He becomes Vader. And then three should have been him being Vader, basically being Vader in his prime and helping the Emperor wipe out the Jedi. Like that's the, the, the trilogy that I, that I would have wanted. You know, but like I'm not one of these like asshole fans that is just gonna complain about it and like tear down anybody involved with the prequel trilogy. I'm gonna you know? write my own <laughs> movie. Just, yeah, <laughs> I should, right? But yeah, you know, that, that's just my personal preference. The only thing I I would say about if uh, if they have, if they actually went that route, Alexis, is that episode three would feel like man, it would feel like such a fucking downer. Seventy percent of that movie where it's just you know <laughs> Vader annihilating all the Jedi, like. What positive points do we have in that film going into episode, you know, episode four, where it's like, look, if people can get past him murdering children, they can get past him murdering grown adult Jedi. We'll have a whole, Maybe like, you can combine Rogue One and, and episode three, and then there you go. You know what I mean? And then you have like a th th that would be leading into episode four, like, oh, okay, like mm -hmm. more on a, like a, on a more of a higher note because like this concept of like we're following Vader in his prime and he's just wiping out all the Jedi. Like what? What high points do we have? Yeah. Well, you know, like you, you also throw some conflict because he's still freshly off of being Anakin. So you know, what if you know, like like Ruben said earlier, what if he's just uh, the movie is him fighting off Anakin? Right. You know, fighting fighting off the goodness that it's still that's still in there, but he's basically doing the whole movie fighting it down. Right. And then you know, like you can still bring back Natalie Portman as like a Force ghost or like a you know a Padme ghost, <laughs> and you know, mm -hmm. her basically you know trying to get him to be good. And then obviously in the end, you know, he turns her down and does all. Then he just keeps fucking people up. You know. But obviously, that's not what we got. We got we got this trilogy, and you know it is what it is. Yeah, um, I, I to be quite honest, I actually don't remember how I felt watching this and leaving the theater. I was kind of like not necessarily numb to uh, the Star Wars universe at the time, but I don't really necessarily remember if I how much I liked the movie and how much I didn't like the movie. It was kind. Of, I feel like when I left the theater, it was kind of one of those. I'm pretty sure I only saw it once in theaters, but it was kind of one of those where it was like, okay. I guess this is what we're going into, you know, episode four. I, at least the trilogy's done, and nothing else can be, you know, torn apart in front of my eyes. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, I agree though. I, there, there are definitely some highlights. That final battle between uh, Obi Wan and Anakin is is pretty great. I still wouldn't say it's it hits the high notes of the, you know, the duel between. Um, sorry, my cat is in my lap and she's scratching me like crazy. Um, Cats do that. That duel between. Uh, Darth Maul, uh, Obi Wan, and Qui Gon, because like, he, not to go back to the first movie, but it it feels like that duel is like thirty five minutes, <laughs> it just never ends. But um, yeah, it, it, it's still a great fight, though. I mean, and and even the the setting that it takes place in, and what what it leads to with obviously Anakin, you know, losing his legs and and becoming a like a like a burnt chicken nugget. Um, 
<laughs> and then with, with no sauce, he, no right, sauce, no sauce. But he becomes burnt like that, and then I guess within a matter of ten years, he's supposed to look like he's in his like seventies. So, I, you know. <laughs> yeah, right? the, they're they're playing things that didn't really line up, and then the whole thing with Anakin building C three PO that was never touched on. You know, mm-hmm. Anakin and Obi Wan knowing R two D two that never gets touched on. Mm-hmm. It's just like you know, it, there's a lot of first there's a lot of hope. you got it, and that's and that's where like and that's yeah. where the Star Wars fans like that's where. That's where it gets, it's funny to me where people get so up in arms about certain things, mm. but it's like, but you forgive like these massive, huge continuity errors. And like, you know, R2 basically was by Anakin's side, all three movies by Obi-Wan's side. And Obi-Wan literally looks at him in A New Hope and is like, I never owned a droid. Like, like I don't, yeah. I don't know you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I'm just and like, like, motherfucker. Yeah, and it's like, like we've been you know, so much, you son of a bitch. And, so again, it's one of those things where you you just uh, you gotta excuse them, and and like for me, like going back and just watching them, like I was just you know before we uh, I was watching Revenge of the Sith, I, I just threw it on, just to have it playing, and like I caught my son, he's only two, he's got no idea what's going on, but like he like stopped in the middle of like the living room and just started watching when Obi Wan and um, and Grievous go at it, and mm-hmm. he was just like like staring at it with like his mouth open and it's like to me like that's what star wars is man it's like it's that magic it's it's like yeah. it's it's just that being a kid uh forever type of feeling uh every time i watch them so for me it's like as much as there's so many things so many things that i don't like about them i've learned to appreciate them so much and i've grown to love anakin's story so so much like one thing I, we didn't talk about at all was like that whole opera scene with with him and 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 Palpatine, where he's telling him the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise, like that that score is eerie as hell. You know what I'm saying? One of the best scores in in Star Wars. So I, again, I, it has like these major highlight moments, but then it's got this other stuff where like it just doesn't fit. Like you said, if we could condense all three of them into just one movie, that would be sick. Where we would just you know time jump a little bit every so often, and we get to certain you know events. And, and, mm-hmm. and go through there. But, you know, we got what we got, and, and now we're here discussing it, you know? so Yeah. Well, yeah, I, like, like you were saying earlier, because, like, oh, sorry, Carl, not to cut you off, because, like, you know, because, oh, yeah, because like, I skipped straight to the, the no scene because that, I had to get out of the way. But, yeah, like, we, we didn't even talk about Grievous. We didn't even touch on Grievous. And, you know, he's a character that it, it was strange how they brought him into the movie because they brought him in and just he was there. Like, here's General Grievous. You need to already know who he is. But, like, we have no idea who this guy is unless you watch the original Clone Wars and you know, um, the little shorts that they had back in the day where, you know, the episode where he shows up, he kills all these Jedi, and then Mace Windu shows up, fucks him up in basically one move, right? Crushes his chest, and that's why he coughs because Mace Windu fucked him up, you know? But, you know, like, for people that didn't watch that, they have to watch this movie and see a whole new character that they have no idea what he's about and be like, who the hell is this coughing guy that sounds like Anto- Antonio Banderas who, you know, fights with, like, 65 lightsabers at a time? General, so, he's like general tuberculosis. He's got yeah. TB for sure, like just from the amount of times oh. he's coughing. But oh, absolutely, like yeah, the the guy definitely like he needed like a lozenge the entire movie. Yeah, so I mean, he's a droid. Why is he coughing? But who cares, right? So, yeah. um, it, it one thing I I'll, I'll give uh, I won't knock uh the original trilogy and George Lucas on uh, over the fact that he definitely had a plan in mind as to what would happen in each of these movies. Mm. Um. Now, maybe the plan was uh, a, a lot more brief than what we got, and you kind of just basically have to pad it out and make and make it stretch into three movies that are two hours, you know, at least two hours, right? So, but at least there was an idea. Like he knew what was going to happen from point A in episode one to point Z in episode three, right? So, um, I'll give him I'll give him that much credit because not to go into the new trilogy, but that's kind of like the number one complaint a lot of the fan base has is that. It seems like not necessarily not saying that this is what what actually happened, but it seems like Disney didn't really have a plan per se in terms of where the story would go from episode seven to episode nine. Mm-hmm. And it was more so like, you know, we'll bring in who, who we think is talented and really love Star Wars as a franchise and kind of like just let them build the movies along the way. Yeah, kind so, of way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I read I read an article uh, where they basically said uh, that as far as um Ray's origin, it wasn't decided on until the third movie, basically. Like, yeah. they didn't know what they, what they wanted to do with her yet. They didn't know, you know, they wanted to be a nobody, they wanted to be a Jedi, you know, which is why Ryan Johnson basically took it upon himself to be like, she's a nobody. 
And, yeah. and you know, obviously with weapon with the last Jedi, I didn't agree with it, you know, but we'll obviously get into that later. Yeah. But yeah, you know, like you said, Lucas had his vision for this trilogy. He knew what he wanted to do, you know, but the execution just wasn't there. Like it wasn't yeah. executed as well as it could have been, but the man, you can't fault the man for having a vision and making it happen. You know, he, he did it once already with the original trilogy, obviously. And then, yeah. you know, he, he tried doing it again. The only problem was, like Ruben said earlier, he tried doing it all, all on his own. Yeah. And, and you just can't. It's just, it's too much. It's just yeah. way. That's that's why Lucasfilm has has gotten so big now, especially after Disney acquired them, where, I mean, they have they have such talented and creative people literally everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in the writing room and in the directing chairs and in the producing side. And it's, you, you just, you need the, the, the cohesion and the cooperation of the entire basically company in order for to handle star Wars really well. I mean, there's a reason why Mandalorian has done so well. Cause it's, you know, they're, it's such, they're bringing talent from every end of the spectrum to, to help out with that series. And it's not, it's not relying upon one person. Now with the original trilogy is basically, mm-hmm. it was, I mean, let's face it, it was literally relying upon George Lucas. That was it. You know? So I don't want to knock all the other yeah. people that worked on these films, but um, when it comes to like these, the storyline and kind of executing it from point A to point Z. I mean, yeah, George, it's, it was George Lucas, you know, they gave him free reign and it was, you know, here, here, here's, here's the money that you need for your budget. Now go have at it, you know, and just make sure you get these three films done. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, no, he definitely did. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about the rankings. You know, let's talk about like where, where we, we put these films. So I think it's safe to say, the worst one, I think we're all going to agree, is Attack of the Clones. Can we can we agree on that yeah. one? I can give you that. Yeah, yeah. I always I already, right. I already so, forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, okay, so I think we're going to have a little bit of debate as to what we think is number two and number one. So, like, I'm going to say number two for me is going to be Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I would say it's my number two as well. Um, I think it 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 definitely um, helped end. This original trilogy on a on a better note than uh, what episode two gave us, that dumpster mm-hmm. fire that that movie was. Um, no, just but uh, yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I think I still think it's it's not. When you ask me which, if I had to watch one one of the original trilogy movies uh, only for the rest of my life, it would probably you know I, it would be our both our number one pick, Alexis, which would be episode one. So. Uh, mm. Episode three, I, I definitely, I could, I could agree that yeah, it's definitely the second best, for okay. me at least. And like, yeah, and then Ruben, what would you say? Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm in agreement. Uh, I, I think that you know, as much as Episode three, uh, you know, brings to the table in terms of just like Vader and and you know his story, uh, it's definitely still the second best in the in the trilogy. It, it ends the the trilogy on a high note, but but. There, again, Phantom Menace, like again to me, just like A New Hope, it just has an endearing quality that outshines all of the other movies, even with all the Jar Jar stuff. Because that that movie we get the most Jar Jar in, because mm-hmm. as as the movies go on, he regresses to the back. Yeah. But even with all of his stuff, there's still just so much cool Star Wars in that movie. Like to me, like pod racing is still something. Like I was holding my breath in 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 um, the Last Jedi because I thought that when they were on uh canto bite when that rush when the bar shook i thought that they were it was going to be pod races outside so i mm-hmm. was like i held my breath i was like oh my god are they about to show pod racing right racing again that so awesome. again it was it was just one of those things where it's like it really stood out to me and and again there's something endearing about like following a little kid you know like he was the little kid was actually really good in that movie. Like he wasn't, he was a kid, you know, he wasn't trying to be anything else other than that. Um, and again, some of the dialogue does not work, but for the most part, like I believe him when he's in that pod racing, when he's in the pod racer, I believe him. Um, and I just, again, yeah, I think, I think definitely number episode three is number two and episode one ranks, ranks the highest out of yeah. all three of them. Yeah. Episode one is definitely number one. <laughs> All right, fellas. So um, I want to go ahead and thank my guests for joining me this week. We are going to definitely come back again and we're going to talk about the original trilogy. So, you know, definitely someone that I'm really excited about because this is when they actually start being good. (laughs) This is definitely, you know, like we're going to talk about movies about how good they are as opposed to how bad they are for sure. You know, the high note, the high note of Star Wars, at least in terms of the movies. It's definitely, yeah, Yeah. as far as like the overarching quality of the movies, like I didn't feel original trilogy is going to be the one that we're going to have like the most uh, good things to say about. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, once again, I want to go ahead and thank my guest, Ruben. Uh, where can people find you at? Hey, you can check me out on Instagram at Ruben the Writer. Uh, same thing on Facebook and, uh, and on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, Carlos, where are you at? So uh, my Instagram handle is Brisseno underscore media underscore. So you can check me out there. All right. Awesome. And then, guys, as usual, you can find me. I'm also on Instagram at Alexis underscore says underscore. I am also on Twitter, Alexis Javier 88, where I am no longer really talking about sports because basketball is over, even though the Dolphins won today against the Jets because the Jets suck. I mean, it's, it was it wasn't even a game. It was just practice. It wasn't even a game. Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. Hey, but Tua went out there. Tua got on the field, man. Yeah, well, you know, it's as as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick keeps winning games, we're not going to be yeah. seeing Tua for a while. No, so. of course not. You know, which is fine by me, man. You know, just let him chill, let him learn yep. the playbook, keep, you know, keep yep. him healthy, you know, and whatever. You know, like we're we're we're, we're three and three now. We're number two in the in our division because the Patriots lost today, which I was yeah. very happy about. Yes, which, sir, by the way, so. I did not know Ryan Fitzpatrick had seven kids. I, I knew he had like at least five. When I heard seven, I was like, dude, seven. Yeah, yeah, man, Devin. They, they showed the box of, I guess, where Jesus. his family is, and like literally the whole front row of the box is his kids. It's his kids, man, and they're it's all like, like a year apart. So, like, yeah, he, they've. Oh my god, the the, 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 man, the man, you know, he, he's throwing bullets in the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> it's magic. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's where no, the magic happens. Yeah. 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 yeah, he's a gunslinger in the bedroom, man. Yeah, yeah. it's like, a, and like, I get you're a millionaire, but it's like, do you want seven kids? Well, like, you don't got to take care of them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, you got I, money for that. Like, hey, any. Yeah, but still, man, it's like you got, you got seven mouths asking you for shit all the time, man. It's like maybe they're maybe they're just really well behaved and they get along. I mean, nah, it's like goddamn lying. You know it, man. Kids are crazy. Yeah. Kids are a bunch of little maniacs. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, people, as usual, you guys can find us on our social media. If you guys want to talk to us about the episode, talk to us about the movies that you like. Do you think that our ranking was correct? Do you think that Attack of the Clones is the best Star Wars movie ever? If you do, you're a terrible person and you need to move <laughs> off this planet. Okay? You should not be here. <laughs> Alright, guys. Well, until next time, take care of each other and peace out.